This is Kingpins, a podcast original. I'm Alastair. And I'm Kate. Every day in May, we're featuring a quote by an iconic crime figure, teaching us in their own words what it takes to survive in the underworld. Today's quote is from Carlo Gambino, the leader of the Gambino crime family. Though he was deeply involved with the mob for more than five decades, Gambino only faced a total of 22 months in prison. He saw his life's work as perfectly in line with the legal system and is given credit for the saying, judges, lawyers, and politicians have a license to steal. We don't need one. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. In some ways, the statement was a cunning deflection, a way to justify his lawbreaking. Deriding everyone else as thieves made it easy for Gambino to excuse his own actions. If anything, it even raised his organization above those who claimed to protect law and order. Sure, the mafia was made up of a bunch of crooks, but at least they were upfront about it, unlike the corrupt politicians who pretended to stand against them. Though the pithy observation was intended to paper over the human consequences of Gambino's crimes, his worldview was a genuine result of his upbringing. From a young age, Gambino experienced the underbelly of society firsthand. Born in Sicily, he immigrated to the United States at the age of 19 by illegally stowing away on an ocean liner. He might never have made it across the Atlantic if he'd followed the rules. He avoided years of red tape with a few well-placed bribes. How could he respect a system that was so easily cheated? Once he made it to the US, he established ties with family members already in New York City. He soon started working for mob boss Joseph Masseria. Once he found his way into the mafia families of New York, Gambino toiled for years as an associate. Eventually, he was promoted to the rank of soldier. To him, it was just like any other career. You did your job, followed orders from the boss, and worked your way up the ladder. But Gambino wasn't content to stay at the bottom of the food chain forever. He had his eyes on the prize at the very top. Luckily for him, the balance of power in the mafia was rarely stable for long. There was always an opportunity to succeed for those with ambition, patience, and the right connections. In 1931, Gambino's boss, Joe Masseria, was killed, marking the end of what was known as the Castellamarese War. As the dust settled, the boss of all the bosses, Salvatore Maranzano, divided organized crime in New York among five mafia families. Later that year, after Maranzano had been killed, a commission was created to mediate disputes between the families and effectively govern the world of organized crime. The mafia essentially had its own courts, 
It's easy to see how Gambino saw himself as no different from the judges and politicians outside of organized crime. To Gambino, everyone played by a certain set of rules. His were just different. The Mafia had its ideas of honor and fair play, which Gambino stuck to whenever it suited him. After the fallout of the Castellamarese War, Gambino slowly grew more influential and would eventually take on the role of underboss within the Anastasia crime family. By 1957, there was only one man between him and total control of the family. The boss, Albert Anastasia. So Gambino did what he'd seen his own bosses do innumerable times over the years. He took out the obstacle in his way. He allegedly ordered a hit on Anastasia in October of 1957. Afterward, he became the head of the newly christened Gambino crime family. Over the next 20 years, he consolidated his position through a series of opportunistic power plays. He even took control over the commission and under his leadership, the Gambino crime family all but ran customs at the JFK International Airport. In Gambino's mind, he was acting like any good politician, taking power where he could and using it to keep himself safe. Whether or not he was in the right, no one could deny that Gambino was good at staying in control. He remained in charge of the Gambino family until 1976, when he died of natural causes. For most of his adult life, Gambino did what he wanted, playing by the rules only when it served him. It undoubtedly worked for him, but those closest to him often suffered for it. It can be argued that everything Gambino did was only for his own benefit. That may have made him similar to some lawyers, judges, and politicians but it didn't exactly make him someone worth celebrating. In the end, the only way Gambino could justify a 50-year legacy of violence and theft was to point his finger at someone else. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with another quote. You can find more episodes of Kingpins for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts.